Welcome to Luminous Church, somebody. How about my wife, Brandy? Wow. Hey, babe, you want to come back and just preach the message? Because I would be more attentive if you did. That would be awesome. So, man, we are glad that you are here this morning. Glad that you're joining us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6 is where we'll be in just a moment. Matthew chapter 6. Excited about what God's doing. It is. In Luminous Church, through you, through the church, the people of God, gathering together, uh, we meet together for one hour a week, and then we get sent on mission to the workplace, to our families, to our friends, to the university, to wherever you may go. And it's an exciting journey that we're on as we go and we live sent lives to help build up other people and disciple one another. And I'm excited that this moment we get to do that. I pray that God can do more in this hour. I pray that the Holy Spirit would do something in this hour in your life that would give you enough for the other 170 plus hours this week. That he would, he would deposit something inside of you. And I believe that time of worship will resonate and sit with you throughout this week. When you're heavy laden, when you're burdened, when, you're, when it's on you. I pray that it was lifted off of you. And that nothing else would be laid upon you this week. That you would get to be refreshed and know the peace of God. And know the peace of God this week. We are in a series called Teed Up, Teed Up, using golf analogies because I'm such a golf expert. I am not, I'm a top golf expert uh, because I think anybody could be a top golf expert. Uh, but before we get there, I want to just give you an update, uh, a Luminous Church update. If you're in the family, you, you have these family meetings. If you're like Brandy and I, we, we used to be a little bit better about this. We kind of slacked lately, but we used to gather on Sunday evenings. We'd do a calendar meeting together. We'd do a budget meeting together. We'd talk about that week, what's coming up. Oh, you can wait on that slide, man. You beat me to it, but we're there. Keep it. So this is what's going on at Luminous Church. We're really excited for all that God's doing in our house, through our house, with this building and land and everything. And as you know, maybe you're, maybe you're new to this space, that we, we don't f want to be the church that's forever in the movie theater. We love the movie theater. We love it. You know, so, there's some people who like renting for the rest of their lives because they never want to mow the grass. They never want to do any of that. But there's an amazing thing when you can actually purchase a house, when you can actually buy that house. You build longevity. You build this wealth. You, um, it brings uh, security. It brings some surety to you. You know that that may be the place that you pass down to your children, an inheritance, if you will, to your children's children. Maybe the house that um, all the kids come back to and the grandkids come back to for Thanksgivings and Christmases and it's been our heart over the last eight years to own a piece of land and have a building for those very reasons. For the reasons that when, you're, when you get sent off, maybe you're in the military, you get deployed or you have another assignment. You come back to San Antonio and there's that house that God met you at and your life was changed. There's that house that where your child was dedicated at and, and you saw them grow in the things of God. And you go back there and you remember that moment when you were on stage dedicating your child. It's that house that you may remember when you were in campus ministry at UTSA 
and you were looking and wondering where are some families and you would step into that house and there would be some older men and older women who would hug you, bear hug you, and they would ask you how you are doing and they may give you that that snippet of advice that changed your degree plan and launched you into your destiny and now you go back and you remember that moment. You see, a lot can happen in a house. Now, although a house is just a house without people, how many know that's true? We're not taking anything with us when we go to heaven. We're not, we're not taking our house. We're not taking our bank accounts. We're not taking our wardrobe. We're not taking our Instagram followers. We're not taking any of that. When we leave this earth, we're leaving. But while we're on this earth, God has commanded us. And he has encouraged us. In Acts chapter 2 and throughout scripture, he, get, he encouraged us to gather together. Would the saints come together? Because when you come together, when the followers of Jesus come together, you start breaking bread together. And you start sharing the apostles' teaching together. And you start praying for one another. And you start sharing things that, of people who are in need and no one has lack. And that's physically speaking, but it's also spiritually speaking. When there's lack in your soul, when there's the lack of affirmation and encouragement you need, when there's lack of direction, when there's lack in your life, you need the encouragement of God to come to you, speak life to you. And I want to say, yes, we find that in the intimacy in the closet of being with the Lord every morning. We find that in his word. We find it through journaling. We find it through praying. But you find it in the house of God, too. And you find it through other people. The Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. You were called to a people, a community. And if you find yourself in this place, and this is a place that's resonating with you, this is the community that God has put you in. And it may not be your forever community. It may not be the only people you know. God may send you to some other places. We are not the only church in San Antonio. There's a thousand other churches. But when you say, I'm going to commit to that one, you'll be able to know people, and you'll also be able to be known. And through that, God starts cultivating a Christian life that is sweet, that doesn't have regrets. And when you have a house, you come back to it and you remember things and you see people and it establishes families for generations. I was, Javon and I were helping uh, Deb's, Deb move some of her parents' estate this week. As you know, Deb Coates, a member in our church, lost her parents this past December. And so Javon and I went over there to help her move this estate. And the guy, the executor of the will, John, was talking to me. And he had the opportunity to teach the Sunday school class at his church just a couple weeks ago. And he said it was so amazing. And it was a beautiful moment because I was teaching to this older group of people who are in their 80s and 90s. And when I was a child, they were the, were the ones teaching me. You see, that's what happens when you stick with a place and you build for generations. 
It's beautiful moments like that that John has tears in his eyes and he's being overwhelmed with the goodness of God and seeing God's faithfulness and seeing these people live this walk, talk this talk, that they made it and they're here in their 80s or 90s still gathering together, still talking about the kingdom, still talking about heaven, still breaking bread and sharing and hearing the apostles teaching. And John stepped out of that for a season and then he came back and he stepped into it and he still knew faces. He still knew people. And it was an amazing experience. Don't dismiss what God is doing. There is an amazing thing in the family of God. So we have been believing for some land and a building. We've been believing that God's going to establish something. We believe that, you know, 90% of the people in this room may not be here in 20 years. We know that, but when you return to San Antonio because you want to go to Six Flags, you want to go to SeaWorld, maybe you get an assignment back here in the military, you'll step into that house and the presence of God will be felt. And you will know his presence not just by walking into the room that's been saturated with prayer and fasting and sacrifice of finances and giving, but you'll see people who have encouraged you and built you up. And it's going to be an extraordinary moment. We want to build for generations. So we've been raising money, and we have a $60,000 matching grant that was given to us, to us, a matching pledge, if you will. And so far, we have pledged $35,000 to the $60,000. That's incredible. That's awesome. Come on, give yourself a hand. And I want to I encourage you right now because you can pledge and maybe not be able to fulfill that pledge. But that pledge amount being made known the intent will help us guarantee that match. Does that make sense? So maybe you're, not, you're waiting on your tax return. If you're like me, you've been procrastinating to April 15th. And, and so maybe you're waiting on your tax return. Maybe you're expecting something this summer. Maybe you're going to take another job this summer just to help give to this. Whatever that pledge is, we encourage you to make that known to us, and you can do it through a pledge link that we'll send out to you. But here's, the, here's part of the miracle. The $60,000 matching grant was a miracle for our church. Where we are, it's a third of our budget a year. It's a significant amount for us. So we were excited about that. But what we've been excited about also is right here on UTSA Boulevard. This is a street, UTSA Boulevard, just off of I-10, in between I-10 and Vance Jackson. There's an establishment there called Chicken and Pickle. And if you, if you heard this story, bear with me. If you haven't, I'm going to tell it just briefly so that we could all get our head around what God is doing, our mind around what God is doing, our heart around what God is doing. Two years ago when COVID hit, y'all may remember we were in a shopping center that was 5,900 square feet. We raised $120,000 in six weeks to outfit that shopping center. We were there for three and a half years, helped reaching people and establishing a church. It was a great place where our worship team practiced midweek. We had marriage conferences, parenting conferences. We baptized people, dedicated babies. And in the middle of COVID in July, they decided to up our rent, double our rent in the middle of COVID. You may remember this. 
And we went back and forth negotiating and talking and all those things, and, and they decided that they didn't want to budge on that amount. So we decided to move out. As the board and elders were praying together, we were like, this is, this is God moving us out. Agape Christian Center opened up their facility. I actually messaged Pastor Stu this morning, Pastor Stuart Perryman of Agape Christian Center, and just thanking him of opening his church so that we could store all of our fixtures and furniture and equipment. So we stored our stuff there. We were homeless, as many of you know, as we were going on this journey. It was Saturday night church at Destiny Church that was off of Callahan Road. They opened it up to us free, praise God. And, and we sat there for six months meeting on Saturday nights, and we had crickets in the crowd. By crickets, I mean 10 people. 10 people followed us to Destiny Church for these services. Come on, you were there. So we were there, and we were believing God big, and then the palladium opened, and we were able to raise some finances that fall to get into the palladium that fall. This is a long story, but just bear with me. Hopefully it's good, and you can articulate it to other people well. That fall, we looked at this piece of land because right next to Chicken and Pickle, they bought seven acres, and they were selling two acres, and it said built to suit. And I remember calling on that saying, maybe this is a possibility that we could buy this land and build something to suit. The land was $1.6 million. That's fair market value for land over there, $800,000 an acre. It's actually gone up to a million dollars since then an acre. $1.6 million for two acres. They're a Christian-owned company. Some godly people have come together, and they own this company. And they love the idea of a church being there. They ran the numbers, and they said, you know, it's going to be about two and a $3.5 to build something and to sell you this land. I'm not quite sure if we can pull that off. And we would need to see about $200,000, $500,000 in the bank to move forward with this. Well, I was um, frustrated, to say the least. We don't have $2.5 million. We don't have $5 million. We barely got $5. Lord, we need you to open up something. So we came to the Palladium in faith, man. And you've been faithful. You show up at 730, help us set up and tear down. You've been faithful leading your life group. You've been faithful discipling others. You've been faithful keeping the vision. I say you because you're the ones who are still here. There are many who left, said, man, I think we need something established. And I understood that. One of my best friends looked at me and said, man, I just don't know if Luminous is going to make it. We're going to go somewhere else. I said, God bless you. We bless people. We sent people. People moved. God moved people. God pruned. He he took 300 people and dwindled down to about 80 people that God is saying, I'm still doing work. I'm still moving. We're still believing, and we've still been holding on to this promise. So I called in December. I said, Lord, we need something. We need land. We need a building. I'm tired. My truck is getting worn out pulling a trailer. People's muscles are getting worn out pulling carts. We need something, Lord. So we called on this piece of land again, and if you didn't know, they ended up paving 
about an acre and a half of this land, adding over 100 more parking spots. I said, maybe we can just buy that little piece of land right there. And maybe we could use their parking. You know, surely that's not that much money. So I emailed them and say, hey, what do you think about this idea? Can we do this? All that to say, it's a long story for, for not very, we're not getting anywhere very quickly. But um, Matthew chapter 6, we're getting there. And, uh, and so they emailed me back saying, man, we would still love to have you, Ben. And I'm just so surprised that this land hasn't sold. So surprised no one has, has called on it. And so we were believing for it. Now, mind you, my best friend and I, Jay Tom, when we moved to the city, we started praying for this corridor. And we started believing that God was going to give us this land. That was eight years ago. Started praying for it. When we saw the sign, I saw it as a sign. I'm going to pray and believe God for it. And $1.6 million, impossible. So I guess I'm, that's not God's plan for us. And then I see them pave the parking lot. And then the sign's still there, so I call again. Well, maybe God still has it for us. Then Austin, Pastor Austin, y'all know the story. He goes and talks to somebody, say, hey, we're looking at this land. That person looks at Pastor Austin and said, no way. They don't even go to our church. Said, when we were looking at the land, God said that that is God's land. God has reserved that land for a church. So there's this like divine appointment that happened, and we still like, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going on. We don't have a lot of money in the bank. Then we get a $60,000 matching pledge, and come to find out, we finally get the price for this land. And I'm thinking $600,000, $800,000, a miracle would be $400,000. And they came back and said, how does $300,000 sound? $300,000 for this land. Mind you, we're going to be on this land, $300,000 for two acres that we're going to use their parking. They already paved it for us. They already spent the money to pave it. We're going to be able to use all this property, and we're going to have a church there for $300,000. $1.6 million plus parking, $1.82 million, $300,000. You see what God did there? He did a $1.7 million miracle to move this land. So this past week, we signed the letter of intent, and we're going to move ahead on this property. We're going to have the contract in hand. We'll have 30 days to do our due diligence and pray that there's no, like, you know, endangered species on this land. If so, please just catch it, you know, and hide it. Just kidding. And, and, and so God's reserving this land for us for $300,000. A church of 100 people with a whole bunch of faith, emptying themselves out, sacrificing, saying, God, we can do $60,000 pledge. We can make that happen. $120,000 is what we're going to have in the bank by May 1st. Praise God. We're believing that. We're seeing. By May 1st, we're going to put $90,000 on this land, and we're going to own this land. Come on, somebody. So God's doing a miracle. We're going to buy the land. We're going to put a sign. It's going to say future home of Luminous Church right there. 
We're going to all go around that sign. We're going to be praying over that sign. We're going to be believing for it. We're going to start telling people that's where God's going to have a church. That's where people are going to get saved. That's where babies are going to be dedicated. That's where people are going to get changed. That's when people with addiction will be free, no longer facing addiction. That's where marriages are going to happen. That's where celebration services are going to happen. God's going to do a miraculous work on that land. Get ready. You should come to Luminous Church, somebody. Come on. This is exciting. We believe that, oh, and then, and then, and then this. Well, I'll preach about that. So, man, let's believe together. Saturday before Easter, we're actually going to partner with Chicken and Pickle, and we're going to do an egg hunt. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to reserve some space and buy lunch for everybody. We're going to invite everybody out. Earlier that morning at 10 o'clock, we're all going to go land and pray. And then we're going to walk our kids over to Chicken and Pickle, and we're going to love our neighbor. You see, the, the unique thing about this is to be there means that we're going to love them. You see, God is sending us not just to be a church for, for right there, but he's sending us to be a church for that whole picture. We're going to go pastor those people, love those people. We're going to support those people. We're going to interact with them. We're going to, we're going to clean their parking lot. We're going, to, we're going to be a blessing to them. God has already given us mission. He's given us purpose in this venture. Are you excited about that? It's going to be awesome. Wow. That's a long story. Tell somebody about it. Just share the video. Something. I want to pray for this. If you would, join me with your faith. It's because literally it's your faith together as the saints being together, believing for this, that it happens. It's in, in, we're in this together. Let's pray. Father, we declare this land for your glory. God, we thank you, Jesus, for a miraculous story. God, we didn't know how this was going to happen. But, Lord, you've given us a place, Lord, for your church so that you would be glorified, so that you would be honored, so that people would be reached. God, thank you for a UTSA Boulevard address, God, as we reach the college campus. And God, thank you for I-10-1604 corridor. God, thank you, Lord, that you, you wiped away $1.7 million. God, that could have been on our books. You wiped it away, and you said, Lord, I'm giving you this for a miraculous price a miraculous place. We believe it, Lord. I pray, God, that all the due diligence would be done well. God, I pray that it's peaceful. I pray it's easy. And Lord, I pray that you would bring the finances quickly so we could see your dream for this city come true in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Well, awesome. That was our, that was our family business meeting. Matthew chapter 6, very familiar verses. Jesus is speaking a Sermon on the Mount, and we're talking about buildings. We're talking about finances. We're talking about all those things this morning, um, and we're using an analogy called teed off. There's three resources that God gives everybody on earth. He gives them time. We all have limited time, but he gives everyone time. Everybody, the Christian and non-Christian, it's a common grace, as theologians call it. 
It's given to everybody. There's a certain amount of time allotted for you. We don't know how many days, but it's given. Everybody has talents, means everybody has abilities and gifts inside of them. Everyone. There's no one who does not have ability. I don't have rhythm. I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. I can't act. I can't lie when I'm playing mafia or a game. I, I just can't do anything well. And yet the Lord said, I give you some talents, Ben. You have some talents, and I want you to say, I have some talents too. Point to yourself say, I got talents. That's right. You have talents. God has given you talents. He's given you things so that you can make a difference on this earth for his kingdom. Those who don't know Jesus, don't have a relationship with him, they use these talents in selfish ways. Sometimes they use them on themselves, and they don't know necessarily what their talents were intended for. But God's common grace says, I'm still giving them talents. I'm still knitting them together in their mother's womb. I'm still forming them. I still know them by name. They are still my creation. And I have given them talents and abilities. And those who are in Christ, we have talents. But our talents aren't all for self-pleasure, are they? No, they're for the kingdom. For God's kingdom to glorify God and make a difference in others' lives. We have talents. We also have the third thing, treasure. Everybody say treasure. We all have treasure. Some of us have more Bitcoin than other. But we all have treasure. We all have some form of treasure. Aaron, give me five more minutes. I'm so sorry. I just I'm, I haven't even read a scripture. It's so unbiblical. Says this in uh, 619, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one, to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's an impossibility. You can't serve God and money. What you have to do is you have to use the money that God's given you to expand his kingdom and to serve God. Every time, every bit of time you have, all the talent you have, and the treasure God has given is be meant to use to serve God. And there are things that are demanding you to serve it. It, money, mammon, is an idol. It is an idol. Mammon in the King James Version, it uses the word Mammon, which is an idol, and there's a lot of idolatry happening. Now, I know we don't want to talk about money on Sunday, and we don't want to talk about money in church. So I'm going to talk very abstractly, and I'm not going to tell you necessarily what to do with your money. I'm not going to um, demand anything this morning. I'm just going to say this. What are you devoted to? Are you devoted to God, or are you devoted to one of these other resources? Are you laying your life down before God, or are you laying your life down to one of these other resources. You see, money is meant 
to be in this moment of enjoying God and enjoying his goodness and enjoying his pleasure. When you have the gift of money, you enjoy giving. You enjoy just giving and buying people meals and buying Starbucks for people or Black Rifle coffee or wherever you are on the coffee train. You love to be a blessing to other people. And it's money is meant to be enjoyed but not meant to serve. It's kind of like golf. You see, there's a lot of people who, who golf is a game. Everybody say golf's a game. Go ahead and tell your husband that Saturday morning. Golf is a game. It's not an idol. It's meant to be enjoyed, but it's not meant to be served. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. Everybody say enjoy the game. The second thing that we need to do and we need to remember is everybody needs to learn to be a caddy. Everybody needs to learn to be a caddy, meaning this. You're learning to serve, and you're learning to walk as a servant. See, that's what caddies do. They, they serve the golfer. They carry their clubs. They walk around. They make suggestions. They serve. They don't get the limelight. They're not in the spotlight. Not all the attention's on them. In fact, the attention's on the golfer. The caddy's just pointing to the golfer. That's our life. Our life is meant to be this conduit, this place of serving, this place where, where all the treasure God's given us is just meant to give glory back to him. That's all it's being used for. And, and the, the better you are at being a caddy, right, the, the better you are with your resources. You know, you take care of your clubs and you shine the clubs and you make sure they're right and you make sure they're taken care of. You know where they are in the bag. You, you know those things. And, and we're all meant to be these caddies that we would move in a place of just serving one another. Matthew 10, 42, and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Meaning this, the disciples were going on mission as other Christians are going around and you start serving other disciples and loving them and giving them the cold water to drink. It is being a servant. And if you do that, you don't lose your reward. And you're blessed for that. You're blessed. Say, I'm blessed being a caddy. I wish I was tiger, but I'm blessed being a caddy. Right? This is what, this is what happens. And when you decide, I'm going to be a, a caddy like, like, um, like Joey, tiger's caddy. He gets to share in all the rewards and everything that tiger is getting, doesn't he? He gets to be there. He gets to share in it. And I'm going to tell you, as you're a caddy and you're living this out, God's saying, hey, if you bless others, you give them cold water. You're a blessing on them. You treat them as though they are mine. And you treat them with love and respect. And you honor one another. You get to share in the glory of God. You get to share in his glory. Yes, he gets the glory. But you get to be in the very presence. And he just wants you to serve more. Once you taste the goodness of God, it's like, okay, God, I'm giving you more. Give me more. You want me to carry another club? What? I, I, I got that nine iron. Okay, God, let me know. I'm ready. I'm ready to be a blessing. The third thing is don't be cute. When it comes to golf, don't, don't be cute. Don't, don't get cute. You know, don't try the happy Gilmore shot. You're going to shank it every time. Right? Don't, 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 don't try to get cute. It just, just keep it simple. And this is what happens is oftentimes we, we start living this life 
where, where, where we, we, we start having our treasure in, and we want to get cute with it. We want to start putting, you know, things and storing up things that we think really matter here on earth. We start thinking like, man, I need to do this or I need to do that. We start getting flashy. We start giving, living in a, such a way where more attention is on us than attention on God. You see, when it comes with treasure, treasure is something that is a blessing and it's given to you, but it's something that oftentimes gets you to serve the treasure than serving the one who gave the treasure. And this is what God wants for us. He wants us to live a life where he is our everything. Luke 16, 13, no servant can serve two masters. For he either will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You have to destroy mammon, or mammon will destroy you. You have to destroy this whole idea of serving money, bowing down to it. You have to destroy it. Otherwise, it will take hold of you. This is what God is asking us to do in our super abbreviated devotional this morning. He's saying, I'm giving you a limited resource. It's a treasure. And as I give you treasure, you're stewarding treasure to bring honor and glory to me. We talk about it all the time, Illuminous, in our growth track, in our leader meetings, wherever it may be. We talk about this whole idea. You have time. You have talent. You have treasure. Limited resources to advance his kingdom. An eternal award. So lastly, I challenge you with this. Be the fourth one. Check yourself. Check yourself. When you're golfing and you're going up and you're hitting the ball, check yourself. Check the wind, look around, check your attitude, check what's going on, look around, see what God's doing, and examine your heart. Is God getting my most? Does he give my everything? Is he truly all that I desire? It says this in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of heaven seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you let him be your first love fix your eyes on him the author and perfecter of faith and as you gaze upon him he fills you with light that light leads you to the kingdom, leads you to your destiny. It gives you purpose, it gives you all that God has intended it to give you. That light is himself, as John chapter 1 says. He is the light of the world. And he's come to reveal himself, to show himself, to give you everything that you possibly need. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you. 
Thank you, Lord, for examining us. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We ask, God, that you would be glorified in every way today. Jesus, as we're examining ourselves, Lord, we realize. We realize there are limited resources. And in this moment of having treasure, these earthly treasures, I pray that we would not serve them, but we would look to you and we would seek you and we would find you. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.